Welcome to the LBCF podcast. Our vision is to learn to live and love like Jesus, where we live, work, and play. To find out more about our community, you can visit us at lbcf.org. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by this teaching from our community. Hey, good morning, uh, LBCF family. Uh, So good to be with you this morning. Thanks so much, uh, Matt. As Christ followers, how do we remain vigilant in our faith in a world that's filled with deceit and falsehood? Um, We are in a journey, and our journey is close to being done. Our journey is in the New Testament, and we're focusing on uh, a letter that doesn't seem to get uh, these days too much attention. However, in just you know reading and studying this letter, it's just so uh, chock full of, of, of good, uh, of good, uh, good, encouraging teaching for us as as Christ followers. And so, uh, as I mentioned, um, this is that we're in the book of our we're in the letter of Jude. And Jude was a half brother of Jesus. He was a brother of James. And um, the, the letter was written approximately in 65 AD, and it was written to the Messianic Jewish community. However, there's so much in here that is for us, which applies to where we are today. So let's jump right into it. Uh, looking at Jude, beginning with verse one, it says this it says, This letter is from Jude, a slave of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. I am writing to all who have been called by God the Father, who loves you and keeps you safe in the care of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more mercy, peace, and love. Dear friends, I have been eagerly planning to write to you about the salvation we all share, but now I find my But now I find that I must write about something else, urging you to defend the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his holy people. Let's pause right there. You know, when we look at at this verse and and a major major challenge that the first century church was facing was that of false teaching. And before we go into this, uh, it's important for us to look at verse three where where Jude is in the midst or uh, as as the the community faces false teaching, uh, he's urging, Jude is urging this community to defend the faith. And other words that can be used um, for for that, uh, we're to struggle for, uh, contend, we're to fight for the faith. Now, what is it that what is this faith that we're talking about? Uh, allow me to allow me to old school preach for a second here. But if we understand that all of us, all of us were born with a sin condition, that condition, meaning that um, that it is literally impossible for us to be in right relationship with God. Romans 3, 10 and 11 says, as the scriptures say, there is none righteous, not everyone. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking after God. Romans 3, 23 says, for all has sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard. So all of us, no matter who we are, we fall short of God's standard. 
we are, and that that is the condition that we're in. Now there's a consequence to that decision. That consequence to that decision is death. Romans six twenty three says, "For the wages of sin is death, but the free God, for the free gift of God is eternal life." through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Understand that because we are unable in and of ourselves to be in right relationship with Jesus, we deserve death. That is not just physical separation, but we're talking about spiritual separation from God. But my friends, here is where the good news comes into play. Here's where the good news comes into play. The fact that Jesus came. This is why we celebrate Advent. This is why we should be thankful even today that Jesus came, that he came. He lived a perfect life among us. He became one of us, lived a perfect life among us. But then he also died for our sins. First Corinthians 15, three and four says, I passed on to you what was most important and what has been passed on to me. Here it is. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. And he was also buried, but also raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures say. So interesting. So believe this, we're not celebrating or we're not worshiping a dead God. We're not worshiping a dead Jesus. This same Jesus who came and, and, and died for our sins, he also rose again and he is alive today to give us eternal life if we choose to trust in him. John 3, 16, we all know it very well. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And my friends, that is the good news. The fact that even though we were lost and even though we could not in and of ourselves have a relationship with Jesus, Jesus himself, the very extension of God's love came paid for our sins, and now has put us in right relationship with God. And all we have to do to accept this gift of eternal life is to accept the fact that we don't measure up to God's standards. We accept the fact that us in ourselves, we can't be in that right relationship with God. But also not only do we admit that, do we admit that we are are, are, are fallen, are fallen creatures or fallen humans, but then also confess and believe that Jesus came, he died and he rose again and now is interceding or now is, is, is interceding for us and he has adopted us into his family. Romans 10, 9 says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then Romans 10, 13 says, for everyone that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That, my friends, is the good news. And so if you look at this, if you look at this letter to Jude, because Jude was going to go into this further. He was going to really drill down into this. However, something must have been really, really important for him to pivot from this good news to this particular issue. And that would be that of false, that, that of false teaching. Understand the first century church was plagued with a, no, a numerous amount of 
false teaching and also false teachers, some of those teachings or some of those false teachings we see show up even today. One of those teachings based on um, Gnosticism um, that was prevalent back in the first century of the first century was the fact that um, they did not Gnostic teaching teaching dictated that Jesus did not become a man. If you if Jesus was spirit, that means he's good. So he would never debase himself or he would never um, sully himself in becoming a man because because our body was is considered evil. So why would Jesus become a man? That that does not exist. However, a major tenet of what we believe and what is part of our faith is that Jesus did become a man. Jesus did become like one of us. Philippians 2, 6 to 8, 6 to 8 says, though he was God, he did not think of he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took up the humble position of a slave and was born a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Jesus, in his love, became one of us. He's not a distant God who, who says, you know what? You guys are on your own. You guys are in this situation. You're in COVID. You're in this horrible situation. You know what? You guys are on your own. I wipe my hands of you. No. That is not God. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus literally came and lived among us so he could experience the things that we experience. So he can experience the, the, the joy, the sorrow, the frustration, the anger. He did all that. He became one of us. Another false teaching that, 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 that was, um, uh, that that was prevalent was the fact of the existence of secret spiritual knowledge that was hidden from most that was hidden from most believers and these teachers used this knowledge to kind of to lord over those that they were with so in essence they were saying hey you know what um God has some secret things that he's telling me that's not associated with the scriptures but God is telling me something that 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 and they were using that to elevate themselves in themselves in the in the community. You know, Second Timothy three sixteen, Paul is writing, and he's saying all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. You see, my friends, everything that we need to be successful and to build on our faith is located here in the word of God. A third teaching and that 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 Jude had addressed, and this one was probably maybe by far the most probably the most egregious, only because he leans into this teaching uh, in this letter, and that teaching was the um, it focused more on the false teacher's life, and that teaching was freedom to live immoral lives. So, in other words, that in other words, what we're saying is that hey, you know what? Since we're saved. We can do anything we want. You know, we could, you know, 
do the things that, that makes us happy, that go against what God teaches. And, and so that's okay because we have grace and we have nothing to worry about. So we can go ahead and we, we can do whatever they want. we want. You know, Jude mentions in, in, in the, fourth, uh, the fourth verse, uh, he says after he's urging uh, his, the community to, to uh, defend the faith, he's saying, I say this because ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches, saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral, life, immoral lives. The condemnation of such people was recorded long ago, for they have denied our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Paul addresses this in a letter. Paul also addresses this to the to the church in Rome, uh, which is Rome, which is Romans six verses one and two and fifteen, where he says, "Well, then, should we keep sinning so that God can show us more and more of His wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Well, then, should grace to God's grace set us?" Excuse me. Well, then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. And so the teachers were looking at this and they were sowing this. They were sowing this teaching that, hey, you know what? Since you're saved, we can go and do whatever we want. However, Judah saying, no, no, we've been saved from that life. We are new. We are new creatures. You know, today we deal with many lies and falsehoods, and even if we look around at our our society and our community, it's it's often difficult to tell the difference between what's true and and what's false. And and these lies and these falsehoods they don't only exist externally by what we see and what's you know thrown at us from society; they also exist internally as well. You know, in my in my journey uh, so far, especially as we're going through uh, the 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 era of COVID, um, there's this one lie that I have been recently, you know, recently struggling with, um, and that that lie is simply: does living does living with integrity really matter? Nobody sees it. You, you kind of at the time get get the short end of the stick. I, I remember, you know, a uh, funny story. If if we kind of made fun of this in our pre meeting, if you know anything about our family, is um we're we're a sh we're a shoe family. <laughs> we love we love we love shoes, and that's you know if you look at my ladies' uh, Instagram and, and and Facebook, I mean they're you know they're they're on next level. I mean I can only get to their level. Um, with our shoes, but you know, we, we all love shoes. And I remember uh, about a month or two ago, uh, I had ordered a pair of shoes. They're on sale, and they were like really, really nice, uh, nice pair of shoes. And um, when there's, there must have been some sort of mix-up, and I ended up getting two pairs of the same shoe uh, sent to me. And so, man, I'm looking, and I'm like, man, you know, I mean, obviously, I don't need two pairs of the same ones, but you know, since I got this one, I mean, 
they don't really know. Uh, I can always sell this, you know, maybe on eBay or or Facebook or whatever it is. I can sell this for double the price, <laughs> you know, or what the original price was. And, you know, I, I can make some, you know, I can make some good money for, for money from it. You know, I mean, we're, you know, I can make some good money. And, um, you know, and, and I'm not going to lie to you. I was I was really wrestling with that. I was really wrestling uh, um, with that and, until I decided because uh, and I was like, you know what, let me let me just give it back. You know, hey, if I'm lucky, maybe they'll, you know, give 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 me something. And so uh, whether it be a gift card or whatever it is. So, you know, drove back to the store. And I said to the person behind the register, hey, you know what, you guys sent me an extra pair of shoes. And so, you know, just wanted to give it, you know, just wanted to give it back to you. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, I, it's an extra pair. And uh, you know, the person behind the register, he looked at me and, and I mean, he was generally surprised. He was like, oh, wow. You know, like, okay, you, you gave, you gave back, you know, it's like, the look of wow, the person really gave back the shoes. Like if I had it, I would have kept it and did something else with it. I mean, it was kind of like one of those looks. And so, you know what? I got it, went ahead and gave back the shoes. And I'm not gonna lie to you. In the back of my mind, I'm expecting. I was like, okay, well, you know, I gave this back. You know, maybe, you know, maybe they could, you know, give me a gift card or for, you know, I don't know, give me give a brother laces or something like that. You know what I mean? And nothing. <laughs> I didn't even get a pair of shoelaces or anything. It was like. Okay, thank you. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, and so I ended up did getting a pair of laces that I paid for. But, you know, I mean, it was just kind of like, man, you know, does this thing, you know, does 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 that does that even really matter? <laughs> does that, you know, I mean, yeah, integrity is good, but in the moment, it's like it seems like it seems like like I'm getting the short end of the stick. And so, interestingly enough, you know, when we fight for and when we, we struggle with defending, um, defending the faith and, and how we live as, as, as Christ followers, it's it's not so much the big things where we find ourselves having to bend against these lies or these falsehoods that come our way. It's it's really in the small things, the small decisions. And so, my friends, with the gospel as our foundation, how then, in both the small things and the big things. How then do we remain vigilant and overcome when challenged with the lies and the falsehoods we encounter, both externally, but more particularly internally? You know, Jude goes back and Jude addresses that in verse 20. He says this, but you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Guys, first, we must build ourselves up. How do we build ourselves up? We build ourselves up. By now, we build ourselves up and each other. We do that through our use and our knowledge of God 
and what he stands for of what Jesus, his life and his principles. And the only way to find out what those are and to stay true to that is to be in his word. But it doesn't stop there. It says, pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, one of the things I love about what the Holy Spirit does for us is that even these times when we don't know what to say because we're just so uh, we're just uh, so um, so hurt or so we're going through so much stress and so much anxiety that we don't know what to say. Look at what Paul says in Romans eight verses twenty six to twenty seven. He says, "And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness." For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that we cannot be that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Imagine that when we pray even during those times that we don't know what to pray for. The Holy Spirit interprets our hurts, our anguish, our groanings, and he translates that those to God who already knows our hearts. Goes on to say, pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourselves safe in God's love. Guys, when we live according to what God or the way or what God has for us, when we build each other up, using the word of God, using um, using our mouths as we talk to God in prayer, we keep ourselves safe in God's love, knowing that that eternal life, knowing that the life that awaits for us, that Jesus has for us, my friends, that awaits us. That awaits us. That's the hope. That's the hope that at the end of the day, not, not because of a new administration or, or new things that are going on. No, the, our hope is the fact that Jesus right now is waiting for us to have a relationship and be with him forever. Man. Sorry, I had to give myself an offering on that one. Sorry, I can't see. <laughs> But it doesn't stop there, friends. It doesn't, it doesn't stop there. It says, and you must show mercy to those faith who's wavering. There may be brothers and sisters who are really, who are really, um, their faith is wavering. They, they feel like God isn't with them anymore. Instead of us as believers, instead of us who may be stronger, that to tell them, no, snap out of it. You man, you, you, man, you shouldn't be feeling that way. You, you need to be on with the fight. No. We're to withhold that, we're to withhold judgment, and we're to come alongside of them and help to build up their faith. Verse 23 says, verse 23 says, rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. My friends, we're spiritual fighter, firefighters, and we have the message that would quench 
uh, that would quench the thirst of those that don't know Jesus. And then finally, show mercy still. Show mercy to still others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. A phrase that I've heard recently is the phrase, go along to get along. And understand, I get it. You know, we don't want to offend anyone. We don't want to step on anyone's toes. But can I tell you this, as Christ followers, understand that the good news that we hold on to, that we have confidence in, the Bible says the message itself is an offense to many. And so with this, it's not easy, but we make ourselves ineffective if we adopt the behavior of those we are trying to win, those we are trying to rescue. Another way to illustrate this is, well, let's take a look at this uh, short video, which serves as a reminder to God's love. And so that link will be sent out to you. Um, I know maybe some of you may have had a hard time in, in, in hearing hearing the audio on that one. Um, however, the, the, the idea of the video is, again, there is nothing that we have to do that would earn, that can earn God's love. As a matter of fact, Jesus gives it to us freely. And so as we finish out 2020 and as we look at this year and even beyond, society is filled with deceit. We're, we're faced with deceit and lies, both externally, but also internally. And if we believe those lies, um, we may fall away from what we know to be true, which is our faith, which is the good news of Jesus Christ. However, God urges each and every one of us to be vigilant and to remain faithful in living out the truth of the gospel in the areas in which we live, work, and play. In doing so, he keeps us in his love, which results in our freedom, our joy, our protection, and our blessings. Let's take a moment. If you are you're where you're at, mind just kind of bow, bowing your head, closing your eyes, and, and I want to ask you two questions, and think about this. Question number one: What lie am I believing? I'm sorry. What lie do I believe is stopping me from experiencing God's love? Maybe it's the lie of I'm not good enough. Maybe it's the lie of my my past defines me. Maybe it's a lie of, of my identity coming from what people say about me. Maybe it's the lie of, hey, you know what? I'm saved, but I can do whatever I want. What lie do I believe is stopping me from experiencing God's love. Whatever that is, I ask you even now to confess it, 
lay it at the cross of Jesus and receive, exchange it for his love. Second question, what biblical truth have I gained that would help me lead others to experience Jesus's love? What biblical truth? Maybe it's the truth that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Maybe it's the truth that you're indeed God's child. Maybe it's the truth that, that you are now under no condemnation and that you are free in Christ. What biblical truth have I gained that would help me lead others to experience Jesus' love? Claim that today. As we end this and before we go into communion, I pray this closing doxology from the from the letter of Jude as he ends, as he ends his letter. Now all glory to God, who is able to keep you from falling away and will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. All glory to him who alone is God our savior through Jesus Christ, our Lord. All glory, majesty, power, and authority are his before all time and in the present and beyond all time. Amen.